In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the podcast Southern Fried Soccer. I'm in Harrison, New Jersey, where Atlanta United's five-game win streak was snapped with a 1-0 loss to Red Bulls, despite the five stripes playing a man up for the final 55 minutes of the game. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of SoccerDownHere.net and 92.9 FM. Jason, what did you make of tonight's performance? Oh, tired performance. Um, it's not an excuse, but it definitely lacked the spark as the night went on. The red card, I think, in a lot of ways helped the Red Bulls simplify the, the defensive side of what they were doing because they came out with a lot of energy, a lot of high pressing. Once Atlanta, I mean, it probably took about five minutes, but once they gave up trying to play through the back, played long, played direct, um, gave New York a good bit of possession, um, it felt like the Red Bulls were kind of uh, between two minds of how to, how to play this defensively especially. But the red card makes it very easy. You're going to play two banks of four. And I thought Chris Armas got the tactical moves 100% correct. And the break, the transition, they had had a couple of looks right before that that concerned me, where it looked like they were going to break with that line of four and Brian White up top. And then when Barlow came on, you get even fresher legs. Um, Complete breakdown in the transition defensively. It wasn't just one player. It, it felt like there were about five that got pulled in the wrong directions and the communication wasn't there. You get punished, and you don't have the quality and the sharpness to get anything back the other way. Yeah, Frank DeBoer, speaking after the game, said he thinks there was a communi- communication issue between Miles Robinson and Franco Escobar. Miles seemed to have Barlow, then Franco drifted into the picture, and then Franco went a different direction while Miles kind of stayed in the middle, and Barlow was open at the back post, hit with the side of his head back across the goal, away from Guzan, and into the corner. I think he was trying to play it back across, and I think one reason that Miles got a little stuck was Sean Nealis, who came on as a sub um, after the red card to Parker. He was the sub to give you two center backs. He started the play with the play out wide to Royer, delivers the ball out wide, coming up as a center back, and continued his run. I think it caused enough of a distraction that between Escobar and Robinson, they were worried about the secondary runner and lost track of Barlow. Well, DeBoer said there was only one guy to mark, uh, and, they, and he failed to get marked. No, but no, he no said, I mean, he, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's other guys to mark. I'm saying yeah. it causes a distraction when you see two more runners coming because it was Neilis and another one. So it just is enough to throw you off, and there's not the communication to say no behind you. DeBoer and Guzan both said it was a great goal. Uh, DeBoer said 99 times out of 100, he's not sure he could head that in the way he headed it in. But it was the goal that counted. It was the goal that won the game. Um, DeBoer said he thinks, and I agree with him, and I think you agree too, that he just thought his team is tired. What they wanted to do, they just couldn't do physically. Uh, The ball, they were slow with the ball. 
Uh, as the game wore on, there were less and less runs being made by Atlanta United players. Pitti, I thought, really, really struggled today. He just kept losing the ball in bad, bad spots. Uh, Dion came on uh, with fresh legs and made a difference down the left. Um, got a couple of good crosses in, but there was just no one there to finish them off. Joseph wasted two chances in the first half uh, that could have probably gone ahead and put the game away. Um, that's just kind of how things have been going for him most of this season. So now Frank said he was giving the players two days off so they wouldn't have to come back until Wednesday. I, I don't know if he got his days right or not because Atlanta United returns for its seventh game in a stretch of eight in 28 days when it goes to Real Salt Lake, and the team will actually fly out there on Wednesday. Uh, so the, I guess they'll train, they'll train Wednesday morning, yeah, fly, and then play in that game. I think it's like a 9 o'clock start or 9.30 yes. or something at Rio Tinto, which is a beautiful stadium if you've never been. I have not. I'm looking forward to it. Um, of course, now we need to talk about the end of the game. Uh, some Red Bull supporters thought that Hector Viaba, known as Tito, had given them uh, two obscene gestures with his hands. Uh, that is not what he had did. He actually mined right. holding up the MLS yes. Cup. I saw that. He did that because he was aggravated with Kamar Lawrence, who he said uh, went into a 50-50 ball at the end of the game with a bad intention. Um, and then he said Kamar had been jawing at him all game. Mm-hmm. So jawed at him after that as well. Jawed at him after that. They chest bumped. And so everyone kind of lost their heads for a second. Uh, but it wasn't an obscene gesture. It was Tito miming, holding up the MLS Cup. A nod to Atlanta United knocking Red Bulls out of the Eastern Conference Finals last season. So that's what that was. Now, of course, Atlanta United still has yet to defeat Red Bulls in the regular season. So obviously they still have yet to win here at Red Bull Arena or Bobby Dodd or Mercedes-Benz. They're now 0-4-1 against New York, one of three teams in MLS that has yet to beat during the regular season. So this is a rivalry. This is why I think this series is a rivalry and the Orlando series is not a rivalry, at least not yet. These are games of importance. These are games that have a a mutual tenacity, I think, a mutual respect that's well-placed and not just kind of a running-at-the-mouth kind of a thing. Look, I think they're two different rivalries. I think they're very different. The Orlando one is not your average run-of-the-mill game. There, there's more emotion to it than Real Salt Lake, for example. But this is different because you have history now and you have competitive history and you have a playoff series. And so often, you know, those playoff series can kick things up another notch. I don't know if this one really needed the playoff series to take it to another level. But when you have players miming holding up trophies to antagonize their opponents, it absolutely is kicked up another level. Fox is in a great position now with a (laughs) national broadcast after the Women's World Cup final from Mercedes-Benz Stadium of like two of this series this year because there will be fireworks, there will be a lot of bad blood, and there will be a lot of talking and fierce tackles, and it's going to be a game that you will definitely want to see and be at. This is two teams that, that match up really well, and it's two very good teams, first off. I mean, just to begin with, they're, they're two of the best teams in the league, two of the most talented teams in the league, and two teams with clear identities, I think. And they're two identities that are in very you know, sharp, sharp contrast to one another. One wants to play with the ball and control the game with the ball. The other doesn't want the ball and wants to control the game without the ball. That's as perfect as it gets in terms of setting up a style that's going to give you fireworks. Uh, two more talking points from this one. Um, Atlanta United wasted a chance to really kind of 
make up some ground on both Philadelphia in the East and in the Supporter Shield on LAFC. A lot of results went their way uh, on Saturday. And now they're they, – I mean, there's plenty of time to make up the ground. Yeah. But it is a wasted opportunity uh, to do so. And I guess another worrying point would be Red Bulls again defeated Atlanta United without its two best players on the field. Uh, Red Bulls did not have Bradley Wright Phillips, did not have long – Last year, of course, in September, they didn't have Bradley Wright Phillips, nor did they have Tyler Adams. So they keep figuring out ways to defeat Atlanta United without their best players. I guess Atlanta United could argue it didn't have Ezekiel Barco, who's been arguably its today. best player this season. Would have made a big um, difference today. He would have been the type of player that you needed in this game because you weren't able to break down their two lines of four. And that was where Chris Armas really got it right. Um, it was a you know two higher lines of four early in the second half. Once you get the goal, you're able to sit deeper, and it clogged the middle. Atlanta could not play through the middle. They started playing out wide, putting in crosses, and New York's the best team in the air in the league. They're going to eat that up all day. Thought Amrotarik was outstanding. Yeah, he had a Red really Bulls good today. game. Yep. Um, the pass from Royer on the goal was outstanding, also. Yes, and I thought Royer's always good. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamar Lawrence. He earned every right to talk today because I thought he dominated whoever was on that side. He really controlled that side of the field. Atlanta looked best coming down the left, not down the right. Yep, that's true. All right, I've got one more point, but Jason doesn't need to be a part of this. Uh-uh. Uh, so, Jason, What's that mean? oh, it's a comment I made on Twitter that got Red Bulls fans all mad. Oh, what'd you do? Uh, well, they, you know, after that red, after the red card, they were doing just an obscene chant. Yes. And I'm not yeah. a fan of that because no, it was lame. I have six kids. There are kids in the stadium. I don't like that stuff. Yeah. And so I'll point it out when I don't like it. I don't like it when Atlanta United supporters do it. I don't yeah. like it when Red Bull supporters do it because I'd like to think that the fan bases are a little more intelligent. More they, creative. Too. Yeah, and more creative. You don't yeah. need to use that kind of language to get your point across. Yeah, I agree. But for some reason, this passionate embrace of vulgarity from Red Bulls fans is just both – Sad and humorous at the same time. Yeah, it's, um, it's spread everywhere. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying you can don't don't express yourself. Just come up with a more creative way. Yes, if you're able. I Jason, what do you have coming up uh, tomorrow? We do not have a morning edition of soccer down here because I'll be in a plane. So we will have overreaction Monday at six o'clock. It'll be from six to eight or somewhere thereafter live on our Soccer Down Here app, which you can download in the App Store for Android or for iOS. Um, It'll also be at SoccerDownHere.net and on Spreaker and live on YouTube as well on our Soccer Down Here channel. And we'll be back the rest of the week, um, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in our normal time slot, 9 to 11. Friday will be uh, another show that will not be at its normal time slot because we'll be traveling to Salt Lake. All right. And obviously this podcast will be up. The game story is already posted with quotes and context. I'll have player ratings. I've done a sidebar on Viaba and the whole end of the game scrum. I'll probably have something on this being a rivalry and probably have something on Atlanta United just being a tired team. I need to go back and go through the quotes and just think about it a little bit as I go back to my hotel room next to a lovely state prison or some kind of prison here in Harrison, New Jersey. All right, this is Doug Robertson. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. You can follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And again, you can express yourself however you want to. I just think you can be more creative. All right, bye-bye.